Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven talk radio that promotes happiness from the inside out. Each week, Lisa spotlights trendsetters and change agents who offer sound emotional fitness tips for improving mental muscle tone and greater well-being. Guest experts include a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who are devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and positive lifestyle management. Let's get to it. Here's Lisa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is most definitely all about the heart. We are continuing our series on caring for our changing bodies, a decade-by-decade approach. We're talking with Dr. Sharon Burquist today. She is a board-certified internal medicine doctor, researcher, teacher, and speaker specializing in preventative medicine and healthy aging. She is also the author of 10 Principles for Optimal Health and Longevity. She is the director of Emory's Executive Health Center, a state-of-the-art evidence-based lifestyle prevention program. And she is really researching some very interesting things, such as uh, early biomarkers of chronic diseases, such as heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and Alzheimer's. And Sharon is dedicated to sharing her knowledge about health and wellness and has contributed to over 150 media outlets around the world. Welcome back, Sharon. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me back, Lisa. Well, we have so much to talk about. Today, I would love to talk about, you know, body image and sexuality and how our aging um, affects these areas. One thing that I know as I get older is the skin. The skin, she ain't what she used to be. You know, skin is probably the most uh, visual and uh, most kind of explicit way that we can see how we age. So it's, it's really um, probably kind of the, the synchrony, the hallmark of the aging process. Aha. So when things aren't quite where they used to be, and I'm being very kind in saying that, or when there may be uh, ripples and dimples where there were none once before, what can we contribute? What contributes to that? So I'll, I'll start off by, by, by saying, and this is a recurrent theme in aging, Lisa, that about 80% of the skin changes that we attribute to aging are actually preventable. Really? Really. So, um, by that, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so um, probably the biggest um, contributor to that premature skin aging is sunlight. You know, I think we spent all this money on these expensive anti-aging creams, and probably the best anti-aging cream is sunscreen. Huh. And it doesn't have to be a fancy sunscreen. Nope. You just have to apply often and generously. So we're talking about protecting our skin from the sun and also building um, defenses, um, immunity and defenses through here we go back to it again, diet, exercise, and lifestyle, right? Right. So you can protect your skin in two ways. One is from the outside in, so protecting against sun, pollutants, just passive smoke, and then from the inside out, which, as you just mentioned, involves um, a lifestyle that uh, has nutrients that nourish the skin, um, exercise, a lot of how we can strengthen the skin's immune system and antioxidant defenses. All of these can help your skin be more radiant and glow and help your hair um, and, and all the other components and structures in your skin. So what would be some of the key ingredients that we can eat or drink that help prevent the skin losing its elasticity and luster? So the biggest insult, if you will, to our skin uh, is oxidative damage. So when sun hits our skin or pollution, we get free radical damage and Antioxidants are our defense against this. So our skin naturally has an antioxidant system. We just have to feed it and nourish it so it can continue doing its work. Uh, the main nutrients in the diet include vitamin A, vitamin C, and vitamin E. Those are the big three antioxidants, and, and we can break it down into which foods that would include. Um, and then also some um, metals such as copper or selenium because these recharge the enzymes that we need uh, to keep our antioxidant defenses working properly. And selenium comes from leafy green vegetables? Um, well, yeah, you can um, get it from other sources as well, but that can be one. Um, and, uh, I'm Are sorry, you- and then... No, I was just going to ask you, are you a proponent of nutritional supplementation, in other words, vitamins and those kinds of supplements, or uh, encouraging people to get as much as they can from their diets? Lisa, I'm a big believer in getting these nutrients through diet. You simply can't capture the same benefits through supplements. When you get these nutrients through your diet, these nutrients are naturally blended with a lot of compounds that we simply haven't isolated yet. And how they work in synergy in whole food is how we get the best benefit from these nutrients. So there's there's no shortcut to aging well. Mm. I like that. There is no shortcut to aging well, although we have, you know, injectables that are keeping a good portion of the population looking (laughs) plump and radiant. And, you know, why not? (laughs) Well, but just think how much plumper and more radiant you could be if you use Lifestyle Plus those injectables. Yeah, well, I think I'd like it. I, you know, I'd like that to be able to just do the injectables on the southern regions, you know, like my knees that don't look as perky as they did when I was 30. <laughs> I, I think we can envision a lot of places where we can use those injectables. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Which leads us, you know, into the to, to the next area that I wanted to touch upon, and that really is, you know, the the, the body image and the self esteem that we have. So we've got these body parts that may not be as perky and plump as they once were, and we regret that. And we know now that there are ways that we can prevent this through self care, staying out of the sun, protecting ourselves with sunscreen. Um, how does that play on our sexuality as we age? Sexuality, again, just like skin, the biggest recurring theme is um, our self-perception and self-image, our psychosocial support in the relationships we're in, and our general health affect how we sexually age more than the aging process itself. So body image, as you touched on, Lisa, it can actually trump your physiology. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can. So, you know, a lot of, um, you know, this actually applies more to women than men, but just the comfort of being naked, the feeling um, of just desiring sex, some of that comes down to body image and how supportive and loving your relationship is um makes a difference, you know, that affects how comfortable you feel um, with your body. Um, So so these things are really critical um, to having a relationship that is satisfying, which which you really can have at, at any point in the aging process. Well, I would argue that it gets better. The the connectivity in the relationship gets better as we age. And this goes back to an earlier segment that you and I shared together where you were talking about our brains as we age and the positive effects of aging in that we become more left-right synthesized, you know, that we're able to be both analytical and more creative in how we experience and treat the world and ourselves, which offers to me an opportunity for greater intimacy and connection in our relationships. Lisa, you're, you're, you're right in our capacity to form relationships does improve because our emotional intelligence increases as we get older. You know, we become less hot-headed. We become better at seeing other people's points of view. We become more positive and optimistic as we get older, and all those things help us form better relationships. But having said that, for the women who are listening, you know, ourselves included here, that as we age, you know, having breasts that are not as perky as they once were or, you know, uh, saggy nether regions does not make us feel particularly amped up to go and have a wild sexual experience. So it takes it takes a couple of other factors to make that happen. Well, well, it it does, Lisa, but. Our libido, which is our our sexual drive, doesn't decrease as we get older. And I know that is completely counterintuitive, goes against common perception. I mean, common perception is as you get older, having sex becomes as enticing as taking out the trash. But but the reality is... Oh, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, that's the perception. But the reality is our libido, our desire for sex does not change. Our sexual function can change, uh, you know, as a function of menopause and, and getting older, but the desire doesn't. And women who have a strong sexual desire when they're younger tend to keep that as they get older, and women who have a lower libido when they're younger tend to maintain a lower libido as they get older. 
We are going to need to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to continue this hot discussion with Dr. Sharon Burquist about caring for our changing bodies, a decade-by-decade approach. You can learn more about Dr. Burquist um, and her book, 10 Principles for Optimal Health and Longevity, at drsharonburquist.com. And on Twitter, the handle is shburquistmd. And on Facebook, Dr. Sharon Burquist. We're going to take a short break. But before we do, I want to mention how helpful it is to have household support to reduce stress and improve the quality of life. I recently used my premium care.com membership to access the world's largest, easiest, and most reliable digital marketplace to find a qualified housekeeper who gave my home a great spring cleaning. Nancy arrived at my house with a smile on her face and cleaned every nook and cranny like a pro. Care.com's platform is super easy to use, and when I inserted my zip code on my profile, I was happy to learn there were many local caregivers and service providers right near my home. Care.com provides background and reference checks, qualifications, and certifications of all candidates. So whether you need a nanny, babysitter, pet sitter, house cleaner, dog walker, tutor, errand runner, or senior caregiver – Care.com is a one-stop resource to find and pay for support services to meet the ever-changing demands of daily life and helping to keep the family running smoothly. You can join Care.com for free and start searching for great local caregivers. But I recommend their premium membership because you can book and pay for services conveniently online or through the Care.com smartphone app. Harvesting Happiness Talk radio listeners have been gifted a great special offer. Save 30% off your Care.com premium membership plus a $15 credit towards payment of your first booking when you use Care.com's convenient payment platform. Just visit Care.com slash happiness to subscribe. So if you need a hand around the house or help for your loved ones, I highly recommend you check out Care.com slash happiness to receive a 30% discount off your premium membership and a $15 credit towards services booked. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration. We'll be right back after this quick break. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. 
Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life, and at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are having a hot, hot, hot conversation about caring for our changing bodies, a decade-by-decade approach with Dr. Sharon Berquist, who is a board-certified internal medicine doctor, researcher, teacher, and speaker specializing in preventative medicine and healthy aging. She's over at Emory University. She um, is leading research on um, aging, and we're talking about uh, sexuality, really, and self-esteem as we age. And prior to the break, Dr. Berkowitz was talking about the fact that we have no excuses. That's how I interpret it. At the bottom line is that aging has nothing really to do with um, our sexuality, that we, our performance may wane, but the desire need not. Uh, that's exactly it, Lisa. And, and the Performance part does, so, you know, and the things that change tend to be a result of hormonal changes, and there's just no escaping that. You know, for women, that's menopause, a decline in estrogen does make the, the vaginal tissue thinner, um, decreases lubrication. For men, um, the decrease in testosterone, which occurs about 1% to 2% per year after you're 40 years old, um, it can affect arousal and performance. Um, but again, there's a lot we can do about the function um, to help satisfy our libido, which is largely maintained. Let's talk about how. <laughs> how? So you ask how, and um, and this is something that is underutilized. So we can all do this, uh, but diet, which seems to affect every part of our body, applies to our sexual health. So when it comes to sexual health, the most important factor that we're stimulating um, with antioxidants and with an anti-inflammatory diet. So again, this Mediterranean diet that helps every part of our body, the biggest factor we're stimulating is nitric oxide. And that's a potent vasodilator. It allows our blood vessels to expand and really fill up with more blood. And it also increases cyclic GMP, and not coincidentally, that's the same compound that the medications for erectile dysfunction like Viagra work on. Well, how do we do this naturally, though? I'm assuming that there are other ways of doing this besides the little blue pill. Of course there are, because nitric oxide, it's nature's Viagra, and you can boost it through diet. Um, So again, following a Mediterranean-style diet, fruits, vegetables, high omega-3 fatty acids that you can get in nuts um, and avocados um, and salmon and decreasing saturated fat. And, And sadly, Oreos just don't make the list for foods that are good for sexual health. (laughs) <laughs> I, I am laughing because that's so true. <laughs> whole, you have whole to foods, decide. <laughs> whole foods, really. Like it's what we're talking about is whole foods, like eating foods in their in their natural state. You know, prepared in a, in a conscientious manner is contributing towards our overall health and well being and the ability to maintain our sexuality as we age, which I think is really important. I mean, it feels good. There's nothing better than than having a good encounter with your mate. 
And the same things that allow us to have that good encounter are the things that improve our quality of life. You know, in in men in particular, really, heart health is what gives us sexual health. Heart health is what you need to improve the blood flow to the genital area and to protect yourself against nerve damage. Uh, For example, in men, your body mass index as well as your cholesterol in your 40s can help predict if you're going to develop erectile dysfunction. Oh, really? Yeah, and for men, the risk of erectile dysfunction doubles if you're obese. If you have diabetes, it's two to three times more likely to develop than in people who don't have diabetes. And erectile dysfunction, it really is rampant. And what I hear you saying is that we really can prevent this through the self-care. And why are we as a society not more properly educated about this? Because it, because we think that the solution is in a prescription. Oh, if it happens, we can just take the blue pill. Or if we have high blood pressure, we just take the pill, which, and, and so on and so on. And then we're on this domino effect that really sets us way back from the encounter and the, and the good life we want. Well, absolutely, Lisa. So, I mean, the reasons are, are really because behavior change is hard. And sometimes it's easier to take a pill, um, but you don't get the same effect. You know, sometimes these pills for erectile dysfunction don't work because they can't dilate your arteries and improve the health of your blood vessels. That's what you need to get good blood flow to the genital area. So the, the effect of diet and exercise on your genital and sexual health is far greater than the benefit you would get by taking the pill. Let's talk a little bit about the psychosocial factors once again, that we know that you know our bodies may not be what they once were, and the perception, uh, both from men and women, how they look at their mates can also be a determinant and as it affects our sexuality and our libido. You know, if you have a man who is is critical of you, you know, for having, you know, curves and lumps and bumps, you're less likely to be turned on and into him. Conversely, if you're sleeping with somebody, a guy who has let himself go to pot, you're less likely to be turned on to him. Yeah, I, I think that element of um, self-image, uh, depression, anxiety, all of these can be so powerful that they affect how um, you know, aroused you are, they affect your sexual function, and, and they really dominate over physiology. Yeah. And if you look at athletes who have maintained their physical activity as they have aged, and, I, and, I, and I'm doing an armchair analysis. You're the doctor. I'm not. I've spoken to friends who have remained physically active throughout their lives, and people who are much older than myself, the ones that are active, that are still riding bikes, that are still doing yoga, that are still surfing, skiing, and so on and so forth, are still having sex, and lots of it. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, researchers tend to research just about anything, and this is something that's been researched. So you're right. People who exercise more have more sex. Yep. And good sex. <laughs> I don't know if the studies actually rated the quality, but certainly the quantity. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think that because when we're physically active, we tend to feel really good about our bodies, we are better about our bodies. And we're more inclined to, you know, want to strip down for the big reveal and engage. And it's really important. Talk about harvesting happiness. This is, <laughs> this is serious. This is seriously good, good information. Well, well, let me add to the, the joy of harvesting happiness, um, not just physical exercise, but the actual having intercourse increases blood flow, which increases nitric oxide, which improves your sexual function. So simply having sex makes your body more capable of continuing to have sex. Not only that, but when we talk about the other chemicals that are released in the brain when we are having sex and what they do for our well-being, you know, I'm thinking of like oxytocin and dopamine, right? This is, this is, this is all pleasure. This is good stuff. Elisa, I think you just found the fountain of youth. Yeah, I, well, I, I think so. I think so. And lucky my partner thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> so the prescription of the day by Dr. Sharon Berkowitz is to go have more sex. Can I say that without you getting into trouble? Uh, I, you can say that without getting into trouble. It's what helped our humans survive and thrive. So I, I think it's a pretty basic instinct. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about what we can do physiologically to help maintain integrity in our genitals. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about for women, you know, like Kegel exercises and pelvic, you know, p- pelvic floor exercises. This is something that we don't generally do. We're not educated to do, and they are important. They are important, Lisa. So every muscle in the body weakens. So just as we sag on the outside, we sag on the inside. Um, and that's, you know, kind of a nice visual to think about. But Boy, that's pelvic- so upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> but our, our pelvic floor muscles weaken. And if we want to maintain their strength, um, it, it improves our joy and satisfaction from, from sexual intercourse. So I think there's a lot of value to doing it. It also improves our urinary control. Um, so, so I think doing these exercises, which, for example, would include Kegel exercises. Some, some women are familiar with that from having gone through childbirth because they're, they're often recommended then. Um, that's grip one of the release, key ways. Grip and release. <laughs> <laughs> Hold for 10 seconds and then release. Um, you know, I, I tell a lot of my patients, um, and, and Atlanta has a lot of traffic, I tell them every time there's a red light to start doing Kegel exercises. <laughs> That's fabulous. That really is, it's important. And it's a underutilized part of the body. So, you know, you to, to build muscle tone there is a good thing. If you don't use it, you will lose it. it that applies everywhere. Yeah, it, apply, it applies everywhere. We are almost out of time. And I want to send our listeners over to your website and to recommend your book. I really love this book, 10 Principles for Optimal Health and Longevity. Um, to learn more about Dr. Sharon Berquist, you can go to drsharonberquist.com. On Twitter, she is at shberquistmd. And on Facebook, Dr. Sharon Berquist. You will notice that she uh, comes on our show every few weeks and gives us more. We want more and more and more information about how to age gracefully, joyfully, with 
uh, uh, integrity. And I, I think, Sharon, that you're offering us so much information and there's so much that we are learning that um, we are going to be a nation of wise, healthy, happy elders at some point in the very, very distant future. Well, that would be great because we're all getting older. We are all getting older, like it or not. But, you know, we we know that we can prevent uh, a lot of the skin damage by protecting our skin with sunscreen, staying out of the sun for prolonged periods of time, and eating well, self-care, sleeping well, and having lots of sex. So thanks for joining us, and you'll come back again because we'll do more. Sounds great, Lisa. All right, here come the tunes. We'll be right back. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Unwrap your present by signing up for Happiness Headlines, our monthly e-zine at HarvestingHappiness.com. Stay tuned for more after the break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Each day, we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times, we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because sharing is caring. It's also kind, free, legal, available 24-7 on TogiNet, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and other fine platforms around the world. We're talking today about optimal health and longevity. And we're also now moving into how we treat and regard our bodies. We're talking about body kindness with our next guest, author Rebecca Scritchfield, who's written a wonderful book entitled Body Kindness, Transform Your Health from the Inside Out and Never Say Diet Again. Rebecca Scritchfield is a well-being coach, registered dietitian nutritionist, and certified health and fitness specialist. Through her weight-neutral body kindness practice, she helps people create a better life with workable, interesting self-care goals. She has influenced millions through her writing, podcast, and appearances in over 100 media outlets. Welcome, Rebecca Scritchfield. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure to talk about body kindness with you because as women, a lot of us really struggle with this. Oh, yes. Most of my life uh, has been a struggle with my body, but I'm in the best place I've ever been. And I am so happy to um, have this book as a resource that will hopefully help others um, who have been where I have been. And really, the book talks about focusing on body positivity, changing the relationship that we have with our bodies, and I would probably guess inhabiting our bodies, living in the body. Yes, absolutely. Um, The idea of embodiment and just embracing 
yourself exactly as you are right now um, in order to think about the kind of person you want to be. So it's not about your appearance. Um, and certainly we can, um, you know, show our body parts gratitude and show our body gratitude and still want to change um, our habits and our choices. But when we set the goal to be to change our bodies, it's not positive, it's not helpful, and it actually doesn't really lead to long-term health habits. So what I'm trying to do in the book is help people separate the two and say, you know, even if you want to make improvements, even if you are struggling accepting yourself, the best way to create a better life is by working with the person you are now and then, you know, using the science of behavior change and habits to create the kind of life you want. Uh, I get it. I, I hear you. And I and I applaud you for doing this. This is something that we all need to learn more of. So we're in a new year. Many of us um, pledge to ha- make New Year's resolutions. Keeping them is often challenging. And from what I glean, your approach is somewhat different. It's not about th- that New Year's resolution or the resolution. It's really about becoming more friendly with yourself and not shaming yourself. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I say you can't hate yourself healthy, you know, and so the, the, the quickest way to lose your motivation is by beating yourself up all the time and being so hard on yourself. So in the book, I refer to them as, as thought bullies, you know, and um, I help people understand that we have helpful thoughts and we have unhelpful thoughts. And sometimes our unhelpful thoughts can be particularly critical and harsh um, to the point where they feel like that bully on the playground. And, um, and, and part of what I'll do in the book is help people understand um, how you can handle your thoughts so that you don't, you know, you can't really engage with a bully. Um, and so how to, how to better um, handle those thoughts so that they don't sabotage your true intentions to take really good care of yourself. And so many people just want those thoughts to go away. And I mean, trust me, I wish I knew the magic to make them go away. But once I accepted that I could not control my thoughts, but that I could choose how to respond, that just opened up so much empowerment and positivity so that I could stay focused on what really mattered. And it's kind of a crucial um, part of how you practice body kindness. You know, the, 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 the words you just used, thought bully, I love that. And we all have a bully. Perhaps there are many of them that are, are embedded in our brains. You know, I call it the, the, the FM radio station that's implanted at birth. You know, the chorus that is out there to undermine us. <laughs> we all have it. Um, that's all you can't get out of your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it really is a challenge for everybody. You know, there's not one human being, male or female, regardless of age, that doesn't have this inner critic that pipes up at times mm-hmm. that has the ability to take us out. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, not good. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm a huge. I'm so grateful that there is, uh, you know, I'm seeing a growing trend and body positivity movement. You know, but one of the things that I that I challenge with it is, I, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like I've seen too many pictures of that happy woman jumping in the field of daisies that's just like, whoa, just love yourself, baby, and and I appreciate <laughs> the intention of that. But sometimes we have a moment, you know, where we don't 
love ourselves and it feels um ingenuine right to 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 just slather okay love myself love myself love myself it doesn't feel right and so one of the things that i also want to let people know is it's okay to have you know, a moment or an entire day where you just notice that you're picking on yourself, you're not being very kind to yourself. But the second you notice and you just say, hey, this is okay that I'm feeling this way, but what's the next choice that matters? You know, you don't have to fake positivity and happiness. It will come back to you if you're honest with how you're feeling in that moment. And then you just make the next best choice that's going to help you um, feel a little bit better. You know, I think this is really important to touch upon going back to happiness and, and positivity and not mm-hmm. thinking yourself into that mindset, because I think this is mm-hmm. a misconception that many people have about positivity, the positive psychology movement, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What, what I believe we're really talking about is that when we do things that are good for us, when we do things mm-hmm. that bring goodness to ourselves and bring goodness to others. The byproduct of that is a higher level of well-being. That's the reward. Mm -hmm. That's the gift. Mm -hmm. We just have to wait for that. You know, we're so um, wired for that immediate gratification, right? So, you know, it's it's so tempting. It's always going to be the easier choice to, you know, you come home from work and you're tired and you would plan to work out and just, just you know, to, to, to skip it because that's the more comfortable and the easier choice. But there is a longer-term reward, a well-being reward, a happiness reward, a better sleep reward, a better mood reward that would come to you if you actually made the harder choice, which is to do, you know, some type of movement, even if you alter it, right? And it's, you know, you planned a 90-minute yoga class and you know that's not going to happen, but even some stretching or a little bit of home yoga is better than that sort of easy choice of just let me take that immediate reward and put my feet up and and go to bed. You know, it, it would be better for your well-being to stay committed to your exercise habit and then, you know, experience that all those longer term benefits that you're looking for. We are talking about Rebecca Scritchfield's book, Body Kindness, Transform Your Health from the Inside Out and Never Say Diet Again. Rebecca, we're going to go to break in a minute, but when we come back, I'd love to get into the book because it's, it is based on four parts or four elements that can help us be more kind to our bodies and ourselves. But you um, talk about the, the, the cycle that we put ourselves through, you know, the, the diet cycle, the exercise cycle that really can be quite torturous for some of us and very restrictive. And your approach is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, well, I've learned from my mistakes. That's the, that's the best thing I could say. I actually thanked them in the acknowledgments in the book um, because I really do believe that um, through my own years of dieting. I mean, I started when I was twelve. I even I dieted with my mom, and 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 I do believe that that we were just trying to help each other. But yeah. you know, we called it healthy. It was very twisted because it wasn't. It was body focused and weight focused, and you know, rewarding ourselves for how much we were depriving ourselves. And and um, you know, it took me years to learn and figure it out that really health is, like you say, it's about your well-being. You know, it's not just physical health. And once I finally got it and things clicked, my life was never better. And 
Um, it, it, I changed everything I do with my clients and their lives were never better. And it just, I just felt a strong call to share this with the world and really try to merge, um, what we know from the positive psychology research, what we know about behavior change and habits, and what we know about nutrition and fitness, but so much of it is presented as dieting and deprivation, and just flip that and combine all this great knowledge into hopefully a tool um, that people find useful to really design the kind of life that they, that they want and they were meant to have. We are going to jump off for a break, and when we come back, we'll carry on the discussion with Rebecca Scritchfield and the book Body Kindness. To learn more, please visit bodykindnessbook.com. On Twitter, you can find Rebecca at Scritchfield RD, and on Facebook, Rebecca uh, dot or period Scritchfield, and uh, also Scritchfield RD. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and that is a promise. Who says money can't buy happiness? Check out Lisa's new book, Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, and other fun, fashionable, and inspiring items at shophappy at harvestinghappiness.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about learning to be kind to our bodies, to ourselves, with author and dietitian Rebecca Scritchfield. The book is Body Kindness, Transform Your Health from the Inside Out, and Never Say Diet Again. Rebecca, prior to the break, we were talking about um, the mistakes that you've made along the way and how they have helped you transform your life, how they have um, influenced your career and how you help people. Let's talk a little bit about the book and the inspirational parts of it that teach us how to love ourselves in a more practical, kind way. Sure. Well, um, I'm very grateful to uh, clients and, and, and family members and friends who have shared their personal stories and experiences and have allowed me to share that with everyone else because I think one of the most beneficial ways we can all learn is from each other and story has such a strong power to really help us you know, teach us and help us embrace and understand, um, you know, the quote, you know, lesson that is part of the book too. Um, So that's one thing I'm really proud of is that um, it's written in a conversational way, like 
like you're talking with me. Um, you know, you really feel like you know uh, the, the the examples of the people that are in the story, and 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 the idea is is that hopefully you can relate to something they went through. And then there's cues throughout the book um, for your own reflection work and activities. So in fact, I encourage everyone in the very beginning to buy their own journal. I love a nice, pretty journal and nice, you know, crisp. You know, doesn't have to be crazy expensive, but you know, a nice little treat of of a. Um, pen, um, and you just can take it with you throughout reading the book. Um, And these activities that I offer are called Spiral Ups, and it's this idea of that when we're pursuing body kindness, we are trying to boost our mood and energy through the daily choices we make. And um, when we notice ourselves maybe kind of not on track, it's usually this downward spiral situation where maybe a poor night's sleep leads to lack of energy to put into your um, um, eating or exercise or you just your mood is off and that when you notice these downward spirals happening, when you practice a little bit of self-compassion and say, you know, this is okay, I understand what's going on, I'm going to take care of myself tonight, but in the meantime, these are my goals, this is what's important to me to have a good day today. That can help prevent a lot of self-sabotage that usually ends up uh, making us feel guilty um, or even more disappointed in how we're doing at taking care of ourselves. So in the book, you bring up four points that body Mm -hmm. kindness relates to, one, what you do, two, how you Mm -hmm. feel, three, who you are, and four, where you belong. Let's talk a little bit about what you do, because this really is about the choices that you just spoke of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I wanted to people, people to understand the power of choice. Right. So um, our solution, our answer for our better life is never going to be in some, you know, rigid plan that says this is our 30 day sugar detox. It's like, what do you do day 31 when you have a <laughs> learned habit? You might have learned a couple new recipes and hey, that's great, you know, but you've got to learn how to make choices. Um, about eating. Uh, so I really wanted people to see that it's your choices that really add up to habit. Um, and I actually separated out just the idea of choice because we don't really understand how our minds work. And so in that first chapter, you're going to get a better understanding of, of um, why we're so prone to following what our friends are doing and how it's important to make pause and make the choice that is right for us, um, how we can get sabotaged by having too many options. Like, I mean, I can't remember that I've never seen so many choices of eggs and yogurt in the grocery store aisle that it, if you're looking for the one that has the best protein and lowest sugar and this and that, you know, it, it, it can overwhelm you fast. Um, so I really wanted, you know, people to get a grip on just how they can better work with their minds on making choices. And then, of course, because this is a health and well-being book, the next chapters that follow um, are their own chapters about food, fitness, and sleep. Um, because these three choices we make on a daily basis, and they all impact each other. So getting so, enough sleep. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I want to get to all of these points so our listeners know what's in store in the book and they can run out and buy it. So in addition to what we do, um, you yep. also talk about what we feel. Yes. 
So in this part, the goal here is to help everyone understand that all of our emotions are beneficial, even our negative emotions. And um, it was very eye-opening to me when I learned that my emotional eating that I struggled with for years was triggered, triggered by high-intensity negative emotions that I didn't want to feel. <laughs> and so as I learned how to accept these bad emotions and um, almost treat them like friends, that they were there to give me information, then I could better make choices to avoid downward spirals. So that entire section is dedicated to help you embrace all of your emotions, understand them, and work with them. It's just different parts of you that are trying to guide you. Um, and then throughout that section, you'll learn how to spiral up with your emotions. It could be anything around sticking with your food goals and, and exercise goals and all those things that are important to you. And you know, rationally are very important to your well-being, but sometimes they're difficult to execute when your emotions are off kilter. You know, I think that's really important to, to talk about. And, and, and here are two other things that I, I want to add to that uh, point mm -hmm. is that one, we are not our emotions. And number two, we're not even our thoughts. And mm -hmm. we tend to believe the other way around. We tend to believe that our thoughts and our emotions are actually leading the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that we don't have control over it, you know, especially when we have fear, right? When, so when we feel some form of fear, you know, we stop thinking rationally. So we get scared, we stop thinking rationally, we feel like we, we're losing our sense of agency. You know, it's not about trying to control your thoughts or feelings, it's about trying to adapt to them with some self-compassion, yeah. trying to stay engaged with, okay, what's the next the next best thing for me right now um, because what you really want to do might not be accessible but what you feel you can do that you know is better um, that's that's just where you need to go one foot in front of the other <laughs> exactly and acknowledge what is you know I'm, what, what I'm suggesting mm -hmm. is not to minimize the feelings or minimize the thought but acknowledge that they are fleeting we in fact we have between mm -hmm. 60,000 and 70,000 thoughts a day and the ones wow. that seem to stick are the ones that trouble us it's not actually mm -hmm. the stuff that brings us up, up happiness. It's we stick to mm -hmm. the negative because of the brain's negativity bias. Mm. It's crazy, Gosh, I you really know. I want to learn more about that, but 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 um, because yeah, I know that that the um, when I could finally tap into what triggered my emotional eating the most, I had this vision, and it was like I was you know, almost like on this desert ground, kind of like Grand Canyon, and I could feel the earth shaking below me, and it was when the ground was splitting and I might fall in that it was like, eh, you know, and, and, and when I could paint that picture and feel what that felt like, it kind of made sense how intense and how scary it was that I just learned, you know, ooh, that feeling, boom, you know, go to something. Yep. And, you know, yep. it wasn't always the large volumes of food, but it was a complete distraction from my discomfort, learning how to feel uncomfortable and still make a conscious choice, which, to be honest, sometimes it was to eat a little bit of food, but it would be one piece of buttered toast at the table with my feet up and an herbal tea, not, you know, the box of cereal. So yeah. I, I what about the third point? Rebecca, I, I don't want to cut you off, but we are, we've got, only got a couple more minutes, and I really want to okay. get through these points because I want to get our cool. listeners excited about your book because body yeah. kindness works. So the third point cool. is who you are. Yes. 
so this briefly is just about setting values-driven goals. So I will take you through what a good goal is and is not, um, and you get more thoughts and feelings stuff, but it's really um, thinking about uh, trying to complete the sentence, I want to be the kind of person who, and then you start to come up with these actions that you could take, and some are short-term goals and long-term goals, and then that's going to segue you into creating body kind of blueprints, which are very useful tools you can do weekly that help you plan and schedule, because we've got to work with our own time constraints and budget constraints, and and, and um, these tools help you focus um, so it's um, very simple with your use of time. So you put the in time investment in early on, then week to week to week, you're going to be very efficient at planning your self-care routines. And finally, the last point is where you belong. And we are going to have to allow our listeners to discover that in your book, Body Kindness, Transform Your Health from the Inside Out and Never Say Diet Again. My guest has been Rebecca Scritchfield. And to learn more about her work and the book, please visit RebeccaScritchfield.com. On Twitter, you can find her at at ScritchfieldRD and on Facebook, Rebecca.Scritchfield. We have blown through another hour of consciously prepared brain food. So Rebecca, thank you for being with us to learn more about Rebecca Scritchfield and her book, Body Kindness, Transform Your Health from the Inside Out and Never Say Diet Again. Please visit her at bodykindnessbook.com, on Twitter at ScritchfieldRD, and on Facebook, Rebecca.Scritchfield. Here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing guest today, Dr. Sharon Berquist and Rebecca Scritchfield, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Go out and rock your day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode of Consciously Curated Talk Radio from the Heart. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on TogiNet, iTunes, and SoundCloud. In a complicated world seemingly driven by nonstop negative news, Lisa's mission is to celebrate the upside of life and seek the silver lining of our challenges by transforming them into uplifting growth opportunities for all. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU, RadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.